welcome to the Surviving Separation Podcast. I'm Antonella Sanderson, the Principal Solicitor, Founder and Chief Conflict Healer at Family Law Matters. I believe in making a positive change to the way people are touched by separation and divorce. I want you to survive your separation and thrive into your new journey. This podcast is my contribution to making that happen, especially for you. My guest today is Alison Maltby. I've known Alison for years when she worked at the Family Law Pathways Network. Alison worked tirelessly to build a more connected family law system, bringing together the legal professionals with counsellors, support networks and mediators to work together for the best interests of the children. She has such a passion for making sure children are protected when their parents are separating. It was no surprise to me that Alison started her own counselling practice. She calls it Relating as Us. Alison is a post-separation counsellor for adults and children. However, she's most passionate about supporting children from 7 to 17 that are struggling with their parent separation. And she's just a lovely, warm person at that. I can understand why children are comfortable expressing their feelings to her. She's like a beautiful guardian angel when you get to know her. Since October is Mental Health Month, I asked Alison to join me to talk about how parents can best manage their children's responses to divorce. Your children's mental health is highly important to consider during these challenging times. And who better than someone like Alison to give you some insights into how to help your child. Remember, why fly when you can soar, right? The same applies to your little ones. I hope you find something helpful from our conversation to support the little people in your life. Alison, welcome to Family Will Matters and welcome to our Surviving Separation podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Let's get straight into it. There are so many people I know out there who contact us and they're thinking about separation, but sometimes they're avoiding uh, to trigger a separation or, or take any steps thinking that by staying together in an unhappy relationship, it might actually be better for their children in the long run. What are your thoughts on that? What are the pros and cons of staying together for the children? Well, research shows that it's, it's not the separation that affects children, it's the conflict that affects children. So if people are choosing to stay in a relationship and they're continuing their conflict, the arguments, the 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 serious violence in some cases that's occurring well then it's not a pro to stay Mm. it it will be a pro to leave but if parents um choose to stay and then choose to work on their communication strategies and choose to work on the issues and values and beliefs that are getting challenged and so forth then it is a pro to stay and it's a pro to continue that family structure together um, but yeah, it's not the separation that affects children. It's the conflict and the discourse between the parents. Wow, that's, so, that's really powerful. The conflict is, mm. the, is the problem. So true. Well, if separation is pursued and the parents stay living under the same roof for a while, 
what's the best way to manage telling the children about the separation? Well, I always find this, um, it blows my mind um, when people separate and they continue under the same roof because it is the most challenging time to be under the same space together and ten, and things tend to escalate in that space while you're still under the same roof. Yeah, we certainly see and that. Loss, mm. There's arguments fear safety and security gets evoked as well like where where am i going to live where am, uh, am i going to be able to feed the children like all these like safety and security um emotions get evoked so staying under the one roof is the most challenging time so i would suggest if you have to because you know in the sydney market is very expensive yeah, to just move out financially so it's like, yeah that's right it's, not, it's it, um it's not always an option to just move out so i would suggest um right at the beginning when you are deciding that that's going to be the thing that you're going to do that you are going to separate and you do have to remain under the same roof just keep kind to one another like really it's a simple thing and there are going to be emotions and there's always one person that's left the relationship first before they actually physically leave the relationship they leave it emotionally in some way um, so there's always a dumper and a dumpy, and that person is so much further along in the grief and loss process. So be mindful that that other person that's just come to the party, that they might need some more time and they might need some understanding and giving them space as well. So I would encourage, if you can, move out. But if you are together under the same roof for that period of time while you're negotiating things, um, to keep kind and also get counselling. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important um, th- because you are going to be going through that grief and loss process. You are going to be experiencing challenging situations. It's a whole life transformation. You know, you had this view and vision that, you know, you're going to be with this person for, forever and that was going to be your, your world and then it all gets turned upside down. And how you're going to navigate that new pathway can really um, benefit by having counselling at the beginning. What about when there comes a time that there is a physical separation? How do you think parents are best uh, placed to talk about that with the children? How do you introduce that to the children? So uh, there's kind of like, it really depends on the age of the child and it really depends on the personality of the child as well. Um, so you're going to tell a five-year-old a very different um, or have a different conversation with a five-year-old than you are a 17-year-old and it also is dependent on how much the child has witnessed as well because sometimes parents do keep it you know hidden and it's not um, in view of the children so when uh, parents do separate the children are like what what happened ah what's happening and then um, but then for other kids they're witnessing conflict consistently and it's a really difficult environment and for them to hear that their parents are separating it's a relief yeah sometimes Um, but there's like a kind of the rule is that um, focus on that both mum and dad love you and if I'll go back a bit if there is an opportunity to do it together when you're telling the kids are you you still have enough um, energy and I say energy because it is emotional struggle separation if you do have um, that ability to, to, to talk to the kids together, that's a real big positive. Because I can imagine the kids that. It'd be so powerful. Then yeah. both parents are on the same page. Um, it, 
And if you don't have that ability, then at least having a conversation together before telling the children separately mm. is the next best thing because then at least you're both on the same page as well. And while you're having those um, discussions with the children, focusing on um, uh, that, focusing just on the um, practicalities, I guess, like um, mum and dad uh, um, have chosen that we're um, going to parent better if we're in two better into different homes um, or where or say things like um, we think that it's going to be best for the family that if we're not together um, because we both love you we want to be the best parents to you and we want to be our best selves and we're not doing that together at the moment um, so focusing on that kids need to know that it's not their fault so they really yeah. need to know that it's not their fault. I resonate with that one. I came from a separated family and I carried that guilt for so long thinking yeah. that the separation was my fault. So I definitely echo that one. Yeah. And don't go into details. Kids don't need to know that so-and-so cheated on so-and-so or so-and-so did this or whatever. Kids don't need to know that because you know what? They will find out when they're a teenage. Like they'll probably find out when they're older. So they don't need to be told that. You know, sometimes it's too early. Yeah. Tell me, what are the types of reactions that parents could expect from their children when they're telling them about the separation? Again, depending on the personality, it depends on how they react generally to change. Um, Some people are really resilient to change and some people can't handle change at all. Um, And it really is, you know, if you go into that business thing, it's really about that change management strategy. (laughs) So it's really like you you as the parents have to manage that. You have to reassure them. Um, Some kids can really uh, escalate and and become very um, hysterical. And some kids can become silent and don't come out of their rooms. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, knowing your kids, managing that with um knowing them like so um predicting how they might react so Mm -hmm. therefore um predicting the time the way all of that kind of thing and also um connecting them with um post-separation counseling if that's an option um or some support there's some really good kids programs like seasons for growth is a really good program for kids that are going through grief and loss processes and they get supported by other kids um so i really encourage them to connect and normalize it that they're not the only one fantastic advice thank you now inevitably there's going to be conflict and dispute at a separation as you've identified there's a high level of emotion high level of stress now how can parents best shield the children from their own distress well, I think it's important to um, for kids to witness how you manage stress. So avoiding it is not going to teach them on how to manage difficult situations. So yes, um, shielding them to some extent, but to some extent you need to be open and honest with your kids and... and um, don't hysterically cry in the corner and like you know but to say mum's not um or like if I'm talking to my child um I'm just feeling really sad today I'm frustrated there's some things that have happened today and I'm probably not going to be myself today 
Letting kids know what's mm. kind of like going on for you. Well, they learn from example, really, exactly. don't they, as well? So demonstrating the best way to manage stress um, is a, a tool that they will then take with them into the future as well. Exactly, because if kids see no emotions when they're young, how are they going to know or how to deal with emotions when they're older? Or they Very might just, true. They might just learn to just... oh emotions what's that can't deal with that shove it down shove it down shove it down and at some point it will explode oh dear that's not good and not good at all transference and yeah yes all that stuff well tell me what are the types of warning signs that parents can look out for to identify if the children are distressed um so um if they're playing up at school being really naughty if they're being really quiet as well um, if they're distancing themselves from their friends, um, if they're becoming really needy, like a, atta- attaching to you, that is sometimes normal in separations because they do have fear of that safety and security. Who's going to be looking after me? Where do I turn? That kind of I thing. imagine for young children in particular, that might yeah. be a factor. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is an important. That is part of it. Um, so that's a normal process. But um, if they're changing their behaviours in some way. I think that's a big sign. There's one thing to have to experience change and things change, and there's um, but then when they're really distancing themselves from, from activities that they used to love, like say they used to love gymnastics or dancing or soccer, and they start going, I don't want to play that, or I don't want, or they start um, uh, yeah, not wanting to engage in things. So if that happens if a parent starts to notice a, a behavioural change in that regard or um, a detachment almost yeah. from their, their, their usual favourite things. Yeah. What should a parent do? Is that the time to, to call in some counselling? I definitely recommend. So the way I do all my counselling is I always meet with both parents individually first for half an hour just so I get a perception from both mum and dad of what's happening with them in their time. Um, and you know different parents pick up different things just because of their personality and and value systems and so forth and then I meet with the child and then um and I have quite a detailed um intake form so I kind of get to know the child before I meet the child so then I can work with the child around what their needs are um so yeah I'd really encourage them to connect to somebody school counsellors are really good um their teachers let the teachers know what's going on you don't have to tell them all the ins and outs and please don't because teachers don't want to know all the ins and outs of your divorce but um tell them that you're separating and that your child might experience some um i don't know some challenging days and can you let me know as a parent can you let me know if something happens so then you can check in great advice too i think there's a lot of stigma around letting people know mm. what's happening when you're separating so that feedback to the school i think would be quite important for parents yeah. to to keep in mind um speaking of stigma one of the one of the real objections we hear a lot about is uh, parents who are very reluctant to go and do any post-separation 
courses. Mm. Um, it's something that from a, a legal perspective, it's quite common mm. to have a request that both parents go and do a post-separation parenting course. Yeah. And some people often feel like, why do I need to do a <laughs> yeah. course like that? I know how to parent my yeah. child. I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the problem. The other yeah. one, the other side <laughs> yeah. has the problem. Um, so tell me, what is a post-separation parenting course and what sort of things will parents learn there? Okay. So most of the family relationship centres run these post-separation courses and they're generally part of the mediation process or you can do it individually. And what there, there are different ones, um, but what they are um, aimed at is to encourage parents to focus on better communication between the two of them. So that's what the focus is. It's really to focus on the better communication between the two parents and to focus on the kids, not to focus on throwing ammunition at each other, but to focus on the kids. And what do they want to do in the future? You know, do they want to be at the 21st birthday? Do they want to be at the wedding? Do they, how do they want to parent together moving forward? Because unfortunately, you have kids, you kind of stuck together. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how, it. I, I, I heard a quote once is that if you, um, if you end up having children, it's you, you want to be really committed. It's like getting a tattoo on your face. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's it. You're, You're stuck. stuck. You know, I just got married at 36 and my parents who separated when I was 17 had to be there together, uh, you know, and well, they had to, yeah. you know, and it's still, you still have to... It's hard, isn't yeah, it? I remember, I remember at yeah. my wedding as well, you know, having to keep my parents on different sides <laughs> yeah. of the room. And, oh, it's all about the table, oh, like, where gosh, are they going to sit? That's you know? right. It's that horrible feeling in your stomach when you know, oh, my gosh, what fireworks might erupt at this event. So yeah. I agree, you know, that's where do you as a parent want to be? And both parents want to be at those years. things. That's right. You, know, you don't want to be the parent that misses out, do you? Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Well, look, if you could wave your magic wand and get all parents to do just three things for the benefit of their children at separation, what would you make them do? <sighs> Be kind is the first one. Um, I love that Don't one. assume. Don't assume. So many assumptions cause so many conflicts, you know, because they've got all this intimate partner knowledge about each other, they will predict what the other person's going to say or do before they even do it. And they always assume the negative as opposed to assuming the positive. So don't assume. Ask more questions um, and uh, keep, keep in, like, have the best interest of the other person um, and keep your integrity. Stay above the line, not below the line. You know, even if the other person is being really horrible and playing lots of games, keep your integrity because it will pay off in the end because at some point they will have to give up the fight and that's that's you know, great think of the yeah. common goal at the end that's great advice wonderful love those three things thank you um, another question i have is that parents often want to know what do the children want so, you know, we hear lots of lots of situations where the children are being asked, you know, do you want to live with me? And mm. how much time do you want to spend with your other parent? Or do you want to come and stay at my place this weekend? Should parents be asking their children about these sorts of things? Well, I have two answers to that. The first answer is that it depends on the age. If a kid's 17, well then you're going to ask them because they pretty much think for themselves anyway. But if a kid's five, 
you know, why should they be given that responsibility? That's a huge burden to be given because there's all these loyalty binds between, you know, mum and dad. You know, if I choose mum, dad's going to be upset. If I choose dad, mum's going to be upset. And it's not their responsibility to make those choices. You parents decided to separate. The parents decided that it was going to be better for you to not be together. So it's your responsibility to decide how and what time is going to be in the best interest of your children. I do think in some cases it's um, relevant and important to have a child consult involved where you can um, meet the child consultant will meet with the child. They never ask who you want to spend time with. Tell us a bit more about the child consultant role. What does okay. who, who is that and what do they do? So a child consultant is generally somebody that has some family law background as well as some um, counselling background and child attachment background and some information. Um, you know, it's done child development and so forth. And what they do is they meet with the children and they ask really open-ended questions. They never ask direct questions. They ask big open-ended questions like, um, depending on the age, but um, just for an example, say if we've got a sandbox, can you just put yourself in the middle of, of your family where you see yourself in the family? Sometimes they might put themselves like way at the one end of the, of the box and the parents at another end. Sometimes they might put mum and dad at two completely opposite ends. Sometimes they might put themselves right next to mum and dad's all the way over there or opposite, like next to dad and mum's all the way over there. They have their siblings in there as well. And that can tell a lot just by that. And then they'll ask, um, and how does it make you feel to be in that family? And um, they could say, oh, great, I love it, it's awesome. Or they could say, oh, it's really horrible, this, that, blah, blah, blah happens. They could ask questions like, if I had three wishes, what, what would they be? And that could be anything. They could say, I want a unicorn that will fly to the moon. <laughs> or, or they can say, I just want mum and dad to stop fighting. I just, or I've heard, I just wish I wasn't part of this family. Oh, goodness. You know, that's, they, and that can, be can tell a lot as well. So you can really tell if the separation's impacting on the children by their responses. And there's lots of other questions that, um, open-ended questions that get asked. Anyway, so then the um, child consultant feeds that information back to mum and dad. So they will confirm with the child what they can share and what they can't share. So they'll feed the exact information that was said when they did those activities. And then they'll do an assessment. Like, so from my experience, um, it appears that they may be um, stuck in this child development stage or they might be really being impacted by this or they might be doing that. Um, and they never also say, well, I think that the child should have, you know, seven nights, seven nights. Like, <laughs> it will just be more like, this is what I'm, um, this is what I've um, got from speaking to your child. Like, sometimes they can say that I, I can tell your child's really not being heard or really not feeling valued. And I think that I, it would be a real benefit for you to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with your child wow that'd be powerful advice as yeah. well wouldn't it tell me um at what point does a child consultant get involved how can parents make that happen so it depends on the service um all services have different age limits but i would say from about seven onwards 
um, you could have a child consultant involved. I wouldn't do anything under five because they don't have the cognitive ability to be able to, and it's probably, personally, I don't think it's appropriate. Other people do it, so I don't want to put them down, but that's my personal opinion. So does that happen as part of family dispute resolution or mediation? Yes, yes. So it's part of the mediation process. So um, the child consultant's generally a separate person to the mediator, so they have that independent role. They don't have all the background information so forth. They're going in blind. They're a complete neutral party. They're just witnessing that, and then they feed that information back. So then, Which helps the parents make decisions oh, then, I guess. It really yeah. does, and it also is sometimes the first opportunity the child is having to actually voice their thoughts and feelings around the situation. Mm, very true, in a non-judgmental way. 100%. Yeah, without worrying about what will mum and yeah. dad say. Because also we say at the child at the beginning of the session that this is all confidential, unless you... you like um. We'll only feed things back to your parents that you would like to, um, for them to hear. Um, and except if it's mandatory reporting, if there's any harm to self or others, then we do have to report it. And we will tell them that and yeah. we will tell the parents that as well. Um, so if they say things that they don't really want us to say, and we think that it would be very beneficial for the parents to hear, we might talk to them about, so can we maybe tell them this but not that? Like, you know, just so they're aware. So we'll talk to the children. And so they've got a voice. It's their voice. Yeah, it's our responsibility as child consultants to feed back the child's voice. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that additional information. That's going to be very helpful. Uh, I worry when parents start passing messages mm -hmm. through their children. So here's a couple of samples that I've had recently. Ask mummy if you can stay another night with me. Mm -hmm. Or a child says, mum, I need new soccer boots. And the response is, go ask your father. I don't have <laughs> enough money. Um, how, it's a little bit different to asking what your child wants. It's yeah. more like directing your child to go and... Again, Sing it's not the their responsibility to be a messenger because, again, it puts them in a really awkward position because they get in the firing line of that other parent directing their daggers of what, you know, at the child, and that's not fair. And so I would encourage parents, if they do receive this message from their child, that they respond with, I'll talk to dad about that or I'll talk to mum about that and just end the conversation there. Even it's, if that doesn't evoke oh, a really angry yeah. feeling. Do you feel that um, that involves the child in the conflict by, by sending messages like that? Oh, 100%. And we, we do this a lot in mediation. We say, you know, the, the communication should be had between the parents and focused on the children and not between the children, focused on the parents. Perfect, perfect example. I'm going to, I'm going to pinch that quote if that's all right with <laughs> you. Okay, okay. Alison, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure having a chat with you and some amazing insights and information there. I hope, I hope our, uh, our listeners have been able to take something from that and uh, make a change to the way they deal with their little people and support them through separation. I'm really grateful that you've uh, been able to, to give us some exceptional information for our listeners to take away. Well, thank you for having me today, Antonella. I feel very privileged to be here today. Oh, wonderful. 
I loved Alison's words of advice in there. Be kind, don't make assumptions, and keep your integrity. Such important words to remember when the emotions and stress of separation start to overwhelm you. I could really hear the care and compassion in Alison's voice. She's such an amazing advocate for children's safety and security. I truly hope you found some interesting insights in our conversation today. I have a challenge for you. Put your bathroom mirror to good use. Take a whiteboard marker and write up three things you aspire to improve or something you can do for your children to support them and you will be reminded every day when you look in the mirror. I look forward to speaking to you again soon when we'll explore more ways to help you survive separation and thrive into your new journey. Until then, take care of you.